Hi, it's Shahid Safi from Palestine. I live in Gaza, in the southern area of Gaza, in Rafah. And I'm 22. I study English literature and I am English Arabic teacher and a freelance journalist. This is Shahid Safi. Shahid lives in the besieged Gaza Strip. I connected with Shahid last week, just before Israel disconnected the internet in Gaza on Friday, October 27th, for 36 hours, as it expanded its ground operations in the Gaza Strip. This total internet blackout left Gaza without the ability to communicate, both internally and with the outside world. Human rights groups Amnesty International and Human Rights Watch warned that without the internet, their ability to document war crimes and other abuses had become increasingly difficult. I spoke to Shahid both before and after the internet blackout. We sent messages back and forth using WhatsApp audio. Here's our conversation from Thursday, October 26th. So before the attack, I used to study English literature at Al-Aqsa University. Uh, my routine, my daily routine was walking up, going to the university, going back home, eating lunch, studying, working, working really hard, then sleeping. Uh, that was my daily routine right now. Uh, it's, it's really very different. Um, it's just like all, all of my days are all about fear and anxiety, uh, worries, and also uh, not enough studying, not enough working. It's just I can due to the electricity short, shortages and also due to the internet, you know, uh, a bad connectivity. So that's the situation now. Before the attack, I was living in Al Jawazat, and it's closer to to the borders from where I live now at my grandparents' house. Um, we had to evacuate because we were warned, and that's why we evacuated. And because uh, our building is close to the borders, and now we are in a building that is our grandparents' building is kind of far away from the borders, but it's still it's dangerous because every place in the Gaza Strip is certainly not safe. Everything is targeted. Uh, you can see the health workers, the paramedics, the journalists, the lawyers, everyone can be targeted. Uh, the hospitals, the mosques, the, the everything literally the, can be targeted, the ambulances as well. Can you tell me what your everyday looks like these days? What do you do? Do you, do you stay in the house? How do you spend your time right now? During such times, we spend most of the time at the house. So now I'm at my grandparents' building. And my grandparents' building consists of three apartments. So one, the first one, the first story is for my grandparents and they passed away, so it's empty. And that's why my mother and my siblings live in, in that apartment. And there is the second one that belongs to uh, my my uncle, Abed. And the third belongs to my uncle, Muhammad. So right now at the building, my family lives along with my uncle's families. And also uh, three families of people who evacuated from, you know, more dangerous areas in the Gaza Strip to our building. The... the asked my uncles to let them in, so they did. So now we're a big number 
at the building. My cousins and I try to hang out together, so we play tennis inside the house. Uh, we try to distract ourselves from the bumping, and we try to, you know, to avoid boredom uh, through playing card games, through playing some puzzles, things like that. Sometimes I try to study, but I cannot go to school at all. All the students in the Gaza Strip cannot attend their lectures. They cannot, they cannot go to universities or to schools. It's really very dangerous that they cannot pursue anything of that. They, they cannot even, we cannot even uh, study online. So that's very much what we are doing. It's just like trying to study sometimes, um, you know, hanging out, chit-chatting with my cousins, playing cards, things like that. I'm wondering, are you able to find food and water right now? Um, are you having your basic needs met? I'm sorry for, for such a serious question, um, but I know you're in a serious situation. So as for food and water, Gaza right now is experiencing shortage, severe shortage in food and water, um, especially in flour. That's why my siblings, my mother, they wake, wake up really early in the morning. So they, um, they wait in line and the line can be of 200 or 400 people so that uh, they purchase one bundle of a bread. Uh, unfortunately, there is no any flour being sold. So the only way to go to get um, bread is through purchasing already uh, baked bread. So um, so at the end of the day, they make it. They can they can purchase a bundle. Uh, it's not enough because we're a family of seven members. But um, this is the situation. Everyone is experiencing that in Gaza right now. As for the water. Also, my mother and siblings, uh, they have to wake up very early. Um, and uh, my, my brothers would go to the mosque and wait for, um, wait also in line of so many people uh, and then get some tanks filled, uh, bottled up for us. And this is like, this, this, this is the struggle of getting water and bread every day. If we don't make it to bread, we cook rice. We have spent some days without any water. We couldn't do the laundry. We couldn't wash the dishes. Um, we couldn't have shower. And, you know, dishes, clothes accumulated. We had no way to, to, to adapt with that, to adjust with that. Um, you know, because, like, the water is... A very basic need, if it's not there, you will be seriously struggling. And that's, that's what's happening now, unfortunately, in the Gaza Strip. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm so sorry to have to ask you this, but um, do you know anyone who died um, from the bombings? Or do you know anyone who was injured from them? Um, do you have any personal relationships with people who have been hurt? Definitely, I lost people who, who I have personal connections with. I know them in person. Uh, one of my friends, uh, Nadia Abdelatif, 
She's a student at Al-Aqsa University. We used to study together. She's just graduated and unfortunately she was killed due to an Israeli airstrike with her family. That the, the whole family was uh, bombed and uh, killed. So now there is no one left from her family. And so is the case with my two other friends from We Are Not Numbers, Yusuf Dawaz and also Mahmoud Al-Nawq. Their families were killed and nobody's left except for Mahmoud's brother who, who lives abroad, he lives in London. And I know many people who, who were killed, not personally, but I've heard about them before, I've seen them before, but I'm certain if this continues, I will be seeing more of people whom, whom I know or I'm close to, or, or if I am not lucky enough, I would be one of those. My fate could be my friend's fate, the friends who were killed due to Israeli attacks. That's my greatest fear, but this is reality. We are all targets. We are all are being targeted by the Israeli occupation forces. And we are all driven by our fears. We don't know what to do. There is no shelter, no place to escape. It's just we are all facing our fate here in Gaza. I think Gaza needs all the aid to be allowed to access into Gaza. We need electricity, we need fuel, we need power, we need bread, we need the internet. Uh, we need all the basic necessities um, to be allowed into Gaza. Unfortunately, right now, the situation is really miserable. So the first thing that has to change is this. And above all, our safety. We need, we need them to stop the killing of civilians, the killing of children, the killing of women, you know, the killing of everybody who's innocent. And, you know, it's, it's really, 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 you know, beyond imagination what, what they are doing. The massacres that Israel has been committing in the Gaza Strip need to stop right now because it's really very cruel you know there are at least 50 families that were um you know totally taken out from the civil registry and you know at least it's 3000 children were killed um this is unbelievable this is has to stop right now so all palestinians in the gaza strip need a ceasefire right now because what's happening is insane and it needs to stop. Shahid got back in touch with me when the internet was restored on Sunday, October 29th. A quick note, you'll hear some noises in the back of Shahid's audio. She clarified that the sounds are from workers nearby and not related to the fighting. Here's Shahid. When Israel entirely cut off the internet in the Gaza Strip, um, everyone was scared. We were anxious about what's gonna happen. It was sudden, so we really freaked out. Like, all of us were, 
you know, very worried about what, what's going to happen since they have entirely cut off the internet. So we heard a lot of bombardments and our house shaked a lot, but no building in the square where I live was bombarded. Um, also, like when, when, the internet, when, when the internet was back, uh, we knew that the ambulances used to go um, to, to the bombed places according to um, the voices, uh, the voice of the bombing that they hear. So that was their way, which is very primitive, but what to do? Every, everything now feels so. After Israel restricted our access to the internet, we barely could have access. After they have done all of what they did uh, regarding the shortages, like we entirely have no electricity at all. And the only way that we can charge our phones is through um, batteries and also solar energy. Otherwise, we're, um, we're trapped. I also heard from Issam Hamad in Gaza on Sunday, October 29th, when the internet was restored. He said, quote, Yesterday, I hardly was able to buy nine cans of tuna and three sardines as a source of protein. Goods are disappearing rapidly. The week before, he told me, quote, Bread is now food of the past. All bakeries are shut down because no gas. We have learned how to eat limited amounts of food twice a day. You can listen to our full interview with Isam Hamad on our episode that aired October 16th. Israel has continued its ground operations and air raids on the Gaza Strip, with a death toll now surpassing 8,000 Palestinians. Israel began its war on Gaza after a Hamas attack that killed 1,400 Israelis. The Israeli Defense Forces have updated the number of hostages held by Hamas in Gaza to 239. Israel also conducted a raid in the northern West Bank city of Jenin yesterday, October 30th, killing five. The Israeli human rights group Yeshdin has reported over 100 incidents of settler violence and harassment against Palestinians in the West Bank since October 7th. Yesterday, the Shin Bet, Israel's internal security service, warned of a possible eruption of violence in the West Bank because of these attacks. Unsettled has reported extensively on settler violence in the West Bank and will be bringing you updates from the ground this week. In the meantime, you can find our past reporting at unsettledpod.com slash south dash Hebron dash hills. In this moment of fear, grief, and uncertainty, we want to offer you the opportunity to tell your story. Whether you want to talk about a loved one you've lost, your fears about what will happen next, or your anger at those in power, call us and leave a voicemail at 347-878-1359, and we'll include some of your messages as we report on the impact of these events. Again, that's 347-878-1359. Unsettled is produced by Emily Bell, Max Friedman, and me, Alana Levinson, with support from Asaf Calderon. Music in this episode from Blue Dot Sessions. For more from Unsettled, follow us on Instagram at unsettled underscore pod. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss the next episode.